0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of For What It's Nerd. We had two finales this week, both Star Wars' Mandalorian Season 3 and Star Trek's Picard Season 3, the finales of those both being this week. Very, very interesting that they actually did fall in the same weeks because these two shows are similar in a lot of ways. They're both kind of the pioneering, the big... um the shores of their of their um franchise so to speak the ones that everyone talks about the ones that everyone hypes up the ones that everyone is interested in obviously a little bit different with um star trek because discovery was first but Disc- Picard is the kind of flagship or was the flagship um the like franchise like sure like the 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 project that was at the forefront. Uh Mandalorian was slightly different again because Mandalorian was the first proper Star Wars show and you know in live action and you know that was quite big in and of itself and obviously thus it became the flagship of Star Wars television. But these shows both deal with legacy concepts of their franchises, deal with new aspects of their franchises, and um I think they go about it different ways, but they both have sort of very, very similar goals with and similar kind of wins and drawbacks i'd say for example you know as a small comparison um the cameos across these two seasons um the, these the, the the two shows this season um the, the narrative building the the introduction of characters that we have not seen for some time um in one way or another um was good for example as like a nice little little, little throwout point oppositely the way in which villains were used across these two um, shows was bad, let's say. Um, for example, Mandalorian, I feel, brings back Gideon too often and with too much of a one-dimensional aspect to his character. Uh, I won't go into too much detail as it is still these two shorts are still relatively fresh. But generally speaking, Gideon as a character, when he returns to the screen in each season, it is with little to no building of character. It is with to little little relevance to the plot there beforehand, and with little relevance to Mandalorian himself because it seems like his goals are always far beyond that of Dinjarin. Oppositely. The same thing has kind of happened with the Borg in Picard. This one is slightly a bit of a spoiler, but I can't talk about it otherwise. Um, especially season three. I was very, I was very, Picard season three went through a lot of stages. Its first few episodes were quite, what's happening? Let's get on with it. Let's get somewhere here. Then we learn that the changelings are involved, and it gets very exciting. It's like, oh wow, we haven't seen the changelings since the Dominion War. It's a very interesting, nice way to revitalise these characters, um, the, this faction, so to speak. Let's see where that goes. And then they get supplanted by the typical, the one that's used all the time, the one that's forever, um, you know, at the forefront of anything to do with Jean Luc Picard, the Borg. And don't get me wrong, the Borg are a cool villain. The Borg are one of the preeminent villains of Star Trek, especially after the Klingons become part of the Federation, slash alongside the Federation. I get it. I get that that is the easier route as it goes for um for a big villain. The Borg are the ones that will never be never be part of the Federation, so to speak, will never be um they're, they're the ones that will always come back in some sort of way. I get it. it. It's like the Cybermen or the Daleks in Doctor Who. That's that's the level that they are on. They will always come back in some sort of iteration. And that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a villain that always recurs, so to speak. I think, like for example, the Daleks are a good example of that. Uh, the Cybermen, too. Um, you know, the, the the, These kind of infinite swathes of enemies that just are bad guys. They're just bad. They have no redeeming qualities. I think sometimes it's good to have villains like that. The Sith are essentially that too in Star Wars. And so the Borg have a place. I'm not saying that, but I think what really rubbed me wrong about the Borg becoming the end piece of Picard season three was that A, they had been the past two seasons in some role or another, and B, that um, it's applied to the changelings. And I thought the changelings were really interesting. It was really interesting to see the return of another of these bigger species that were against the Federation I think it would have been more interesting to see that carry through to the finale maybe deal with some different things going on there as regards um, you know bringing in some Deep Space Nine uh, aspects or something like that but uh, yeah I just think I think these seasons missed some potential in some regards uh, sadly um, Oppositely, though I will say that Mandalorian did this worse, if that makes sense. Uh, I feel like Mandalorian really just didn't know where it was going. Uh, I feel like Picard, for all, it's, you know, everyone survives, everyone gets out kind of thing. Again, sorry, spoilers, slight spoilers. Um, But I think that was kind of always expected. Most of these things end up with everyone surviving. Um, I think... How how do I put it? I think despite Picard having an ending that was expected, at least it had that ending that was expected to charge towards. It feels like Star Wars had an ending that maybe necessarily, Mandalorian, should I say, had an ending that wasn't necessarily um, expected, so to speak. It wasn't, you know, no one might have went, that is exactly how this episode is going to go. But I think, I think, the issue is is that Mandalorian is dealing with higher concepts than what Mandalorian himself is, Dinjaran Djarin is. Um, and that causes a lot of friction between wanting to do this higher storytelling, which Star Wars is known for, Star Wars is a saga, Star Wars is space opera, usually means big swat, like sw- um big adventures, big, you know, I I keep saying swathing at the moment, big swathing, swathing, however you want to say it, adventures, you know, big spanning, that's probably the better word, spanning adventures, And, and, you know, that doesn't fit wholly with Mando at points. And I think that does, that is part of it, but I also think it's because they didn't want to they didn't want to commit to a story with any bigger stakes than what was already on the table, if that makes sense. I feel like they wanted to... <sighs> they could have made Mando feel like a fish out of water in a bigger in a bigger pond, so to speak. But they kept the pond the same size, but then tried to imply it was bigger. Does that make sense? I know that sounds... That maybe sounds crazy to say, but... They kind of made it, made a galactic threat out of Gideon, but it, that he what, he has never been that kind of threat. He isn't that sort of threat. He like the Republic part, especially of this season, with them implying that something is back, and then kind of hinting that it's Gideon. Um, throughout the the show, when when we know that the First Order is really what's coming eventually. It, it it plays Gideon as this bigger character than he actually is in the Star Wars universe. Even what they've played him as previously, he is a despot, a warlord. He is not. He's not anything huge. Um. Yes, yeah, so I I think in that way, Mandalorian is kind of a fish out of water. At least Picard, Picard knows what it's doing, goes for it. And yes, it's Triton. Yes, it's kind of been done before. And yes, it's like, oh, you know, the final fate of humanity against the Borg. It, it, it's done. It's been done. It's been, con- it, it's contrived. But it plays up to the stakes that it is that these characters have been on missions like this before against characters like the Borg Queen, against, you know, the, enti- the annihilation of Earth. You know, Mando is, let's reclaim this planet, and oh, suddenly there's a base there that, This guy is creating clones of himself to make into boss. It's too much. Like I'm trying to get the spoilers, but it's like it's so it's so it's so benign. I just think Mando has Mando has outgrown itself. It needs to either grow with itself, so to speak. Or finish, and I know a lot of people are saying that kind of season three seems like a good point for Mandalorian to to end. We all know that season four will happen. We all know that he will at least Din Djarin, will at least show up in a Mandalorian movie that Dave uh, Filoni is helming. That isn't just Mandalorian; it is Mandoverse, but he will show up in that. Likely, I I feel like I feel like the issue that happened was, and I think this is where. Both of these shows had issues in a way. Each wanted to, for Picard, it was, we want John Luke back. We want to see Picard again. And that was all they really got to before they got, him, got um, Patrick Stewart on board. And then they started throwing together ideas of where they wanted the show to lead, so to speak. Oppositely, Mandalorian was, we want to get into the sphere of TV. Let's do a show about a Mandalorian. That'll be fun. People like Mandalorians. And then they didn't think about where they would be heading with it. And the same happened with the sequel trilogy, is that they didn't know where they were going. And because they don't know where they're going, or because they don't have an idea of a potential point they might go to, they fail. Because storytelling isn't just about going with the journey. Storytelling, you know, a lot of people say that the journey the journey is, is, is as important as the destination. But you do have to have a destination in mind, and I think a lot of franchises these days—and this is more of a broad, sweeping analysis of franchises in general—don't have that. I think a lot of franchises now um, just go with it and just think, "Yeah, this will fit," and it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't end up working, and you either you come across the issues in the second or third movie where things don't fit, things aren't rectified. For example. One thing with Picard that I did find interesting, and this is this is, you know, one of the things I find that Picard didn't wrap up. Picard didn't wrap up either um John Luke's relationship with Laris. Not even a scene at the end, which is weird to me because that was like his the big plot point of season two. Um and then on top of that, didn't deal with um didn't deal with oh gosh, I've forgotten it as soon as I was going to say it didn't deal with Wesley Crusher. Which is, he he showed up in, literally in season two. Implied some great fate that was coming for one of the characters. I forget. Was it was it one of was it I think it was was it Soji? Not Soji herself, but the the the, the, the version of Soji that exists in that timeline. I, I forget, I forget exactly, but essentially the idea being that um that Wesley Crusher was about, around. They talked about him in season three, and then they didn't have him be present at all. And that is very weird to me, um, considering the reunion of almost everyone else in this episode slash season. Um, I get it, I suppose, but it is a weird one. Um, I don't know. I, I just think these shows... Have ideas, grand designs, and then don't think them through fully, and don't round it out properly. I know you can't do everything. I get that; it's impossible to do everything. That's what these shows are about. But it's very weird when a show references characters such as Wesley Crusher, or, for example, Admiral Janeway, who they talk about numerous times in the season, and then didn't have Kate Mulgrew show up. Which, frankly, I think she probably would have very, very willingly. She's she's very Star Trek friendly, so to speak. But I think the same is true of Mandalorian. There's these moments where you think this would happen or this should happen or maybe this would be better. And yeah, we're fans and yeah, we, we don't we don't sit in a writer's room and yeah, it's not our job to decide how Star Wars is going to go or Star Trek is going to go or any of these franchises is going to go. But it often feels like these franchises go for the path of least resistance rather than building something interesting or different or new. They like to go for familiar. I I think I don't get me wrong. I think I think fandom causes a bit of this issue, because I think fandom, on some level, expects the familiar. But I think any enterprising, interested storyteller wants something new. Wants to go where no one has gone before. To boldly go where no one has gone to before. To put it in Star Trek terms, and I think. I think you have to. I I, I understand there's, there's there's corporate pressure, and I understand there's you know executive pressure, and I understand there's just general concern about making a product that product that is viable. But I think the the way that some franchises are becoming means that you will never see characters die you will see characters continuously repeatedly used in every single piece of media ahsoka is a big um a a big part of this in star wars the borg seem to be a big part of this in you know in picard like let's build new aliens let's build new threats let's build new ideas like the borg were new at some point so was q so was you know, so was Palpatine. Palpatine wasn't always a part of Star Wars. The Emperor was always there, the Empire was always there. But Palpatine wasn't properly introduced, really speaking, until you know, Return of the Jedi. Before that, he was a hologram. A fleeting moment in in um Empire Strikes Back. And you know, so I think I think these franchises need to get out of their stupor of of rehashing everything and and look to new stuff for example star wars at the moment high republic i think the high republic is one of the most successful things they've done in a while because what it does is and yes it doesn't always hit the naught, it doesn't hit exactly and some of the characters are a bit trite and you know that's everything that's everything you're always going to have characters you don't like you're always going to have characters you do like you know you're going to have concepts that hit you're going to have concepts that miss and but the Higher Republic tries, and the Nile as a concept, as a villain, are wholly different to most things in Star Wars, but interesting, and still impl- imply, you know, a dark force in the galaxy of Star Wars. And you know, I think Star Trek is the same. You know, the change. That's why the changings were, were interesting to see return, because the changings had had one go around. The Borg have had many many go rounds. I mean even in Picard they've had three go rounds, three different iterations of Borg. Um across those across the shore the shores um the shore, should I say? Um and then, you know, never mind never mind the Voyager Borgs. Or never mind the Borg in the movies. Or never mind the Borg that showed up on that one episode of um of enterprise the, the 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 last star trek but the chronologically earliest star trek show you know um you know i i just think there's a point where you need to think of new ideas and new concepts and i think that people need to also be receptive to those new ideas and new concepts what i i suppose what i'm trying to say on the root level is that these shows are good they're not bad you know, there's enjoyable parts, there's enjoyable things. There is, there is new. There is, there is new on some level, you know. Um, there is old on some level. And legacy is good, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say cut out legacy. For example, you know, um, Star, Star Wars is moving towards creating, essentially, one of the oldest storylines in fiction of the Star Wars universe in live action. Which is good, but I think that's the issue. I, I think that's one thing that they haven't done up to now is look at what they have and do something concrete with it. Um, everything has been kind of all over the place. This time, they're looking at a story from um, a media source that they have had since you know since it was written. You know, generally when people didn't know if Star Wars was going to continue or you know, etc. When Thrawn was at the front of Star Wars as a villain. Um, they have that story to pull on, and they're going to try it, and I hope that works. I I, I can see how it might. Right? Thrawn is an interesting character, and I'm very excited to see Thrawn in live action and all that stuff that's coming with Ahsoka. But I I I hope they they know that they need to do that well, and 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 with with the idea of legacy in mind, but not being rooted to it. You know, you you need to you need to have a bit of flexibility, and I think. These shows and these franchises aren't being as flexible as they should be. Again, I know obviously there is corporate, you know, parts to this corp- corporate ideas in that, and concern that they're not making a viable product. I, I, I will, I, I will kind of reecho that. But I think these shows, these franchises, these they need revitalizing in some kind of true. Interesting way, or they need to be put on pause. You know, it, it it's okay. You know, we don't need. I think this is the thing that people think is that we need everything up from every franchise all the time continuously. I think it would be okay if we didn't have. I mean, Star Wars movies, for example, they had a break, and now when we get a new one, we'll be excited again. We'll be we'll enjoy going to the cinema to see a Star Wars movie. And yeah, it might not be the best, but it'll be that nice break that everyone kind of needed. And I think that could be said for streaming shows and generally franchises in in general. Not to repeat myself a little bit there, but yeah, overall, I think these two these two shows are successful in their own ways and do have success in them, and do have interesting moments and heartfelt moments and well, you know, well written moments, and not so, you know, obviously again, all, and all the opposite of that, the negative side, the not so well written moments, the trite, um, you know. And that's more shows. That is more shows. I think these guys average out in, in the sort of six to seven range at the end. You know, earlier on, I think there was better episodes. There was worse episodes, you know, as it goes. I think the, these are decent shows. These are good shows. Just I think I want more. I want not more in the sense of um more episodes or more shows or more characters or more time. I just think more more effort to be something new more effort to be something else more effort to say yeah we're doing this season 4 or this next thing or these things but we're doing it with this in mind and um I hope that becomes more of a staple going forward I feel like we're kind of entering and have been entering for a while sort of this creative And instinctive, this instinctive creative aversion to creativity and instinctive aversion to cookie cutter mentality. And that has been around for a while, but I think it's getting worse. And I'm really hoping we don't sink too far into it because you could see these franchises really start to just fall down into into maybe disrepair that doesn't really come back from. Because, you know. Once these franchises, like for example, Picard is is the swan song of Patrick Stewart. We don't get that again. And you know, similarly with similarly similarly with um William Shatner, he he likely won't return to um Captain Kirk now. Um etc etc. You know, you go on these these people are aging out of these roles, and with that, franchises can potentially die and be done, so to speak. And um. There, there needs to be some smartness involved with keeping these franchises afloat if they're going to live past the next few generations, because they, they might not. And um, that's okay in the general sense. You know, certain things up become dead, so to speak, or past their time, and that's allowed. That's okay. That's natural. But you know, if the if you want the story to be ever evolving, to have ever new parts to enjoy then you need to look at how you are going to do that. Um, You know, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, for example, but uh, being able to say, hey, you know what? Actually, despite there being these very successful movies, we're now going to try doing it as a TV show. That's innovative. That's a little bit different. That's exciting in its own sense. Likely, I probably won't watch it because, again, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, and there's a lot of other... um, issues surrounding that which I don't particularly want to go into right now because that's not the aim of this video. But um political is maybe the wrong word, but you know in moral stances etc. Um but I think um I think there's a lot to say as regards that and as regards trying something new and trying new ideas and stuff. And Star Wars has tried that a little bit with TV and I think um Star Trek is trying that with its other shows like Strange New Worlds and Discovery. I just wish they'd tried a little bit more in certain areas i think i've made myself relatively clear what i'm saying but i hope it comes across that way and i hope it's not seen as a big detraction from what these shows are or what they mean or what really they have achieved because they have achieved well i just think they could achieve more. um thank you guys as always for listening slash watching and i'll see you next week for another episode of Borders.